All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga, including and through the end of Lightbringer. Pew, pew, pew. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Follow us on howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll squish the little alien that's inside your head. <laughs> and now, howlerpod. Oh! Howlers, welcome to Howler Pod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Hell yeah, brother. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. What are we doing today, Aaron? Oh, man. Lightbringer Insta Reaction. It's the Insta Reaction episode. Let's discuss our feelings about Lightbringer. We will be fully spoiling. We had a warning earlier. This is your second warning. Get the fuck out. If you have not finished Lightbringer. We will not be taking any complaints. Not your podcast. Also, before we begin, I want to give my condolences to Ben. Thank you. I appreciate it. And of course... It's a tough time for my family right now. Cassius was beloved, 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 (laughs) (laughs) beloved and beloved and beloved to us all. I know that you're more sad than everyone else in the entire fandom, Mm -hmm. but we're all also hurting with you. I am sad, but I'm also feeling extremely happy and righteous about how right I was about Cassius as a character for the last four years of my life. I don't think anyone was disagreeing with you. <laughs> oh, there's lots of disagreement. You think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm Team Cassius, uh, of course. I've seen a lot of Cassius is a fuckboy out there. What's not to love? <laughs> of course, uh, we always, Pierce likes to drive the knife home, so we always get some endearing moments before some of the best characters die. Mm. So yep. let's go ahead, load up our star shell, shoot straight into our Lightbringer reactions. Hopefully we don't shit our suits. Hopefully Ben doesn't cry in his suit. <laughs> I'm definitely going to cry again in my suit. Uh, let's do some quick reviews. That's what we'll start with here first. So uh, Aaron, what were your feelings on Lightbringer? Tell me everything. Like Everything, everything, or everything. just like everything? Everything. So, in summary, I was so excited to read this book, and it did not disappoint. I would agree. For me, it was a salve solve for Dark Age. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Age was very tough for me. I know that I'm a little pixie bitch, but Lightbringer, <laughs> I read it about 15 times as fast because <laughs> it was... 
it was succinct. It was um, less character switching, less intro of baddies. It removed some baddies, which made it easier for our favorites to not fully lose the entire time. Good guys were f- still facing adversity, but got some wins in there, threw some punches. It, it felt like, um, in the best way, a action movie. I don't want to say Marvel movie because people get mad at that, but I love Marvel movies. <laughs> there were times sure. when it was like a dark Marvel movie yeah. in a good way. Um, before we continue, I have to mention this. I know everyone who listens to audiobooks um, probably noticed that the production of the audiobook was disappointing. It was very tinny. Um, like TGR was in his star shell mm-hmm. the whole time. <laughs> um, it pissed me off a lot at first, especially because I had just uh, listened to the last few chapters of Dark Age, like right before a, it. a minute before starting, and the contrast was pretty rough it was Mm. very shocking um i did get used to it it did get better throughout the book none of this is a knock on tgr he's still the goat he did all different voices for all the different characters it's very he's like an amazing actor you can hear the different inflection in his voice a slightly different accent um a different vibe Mm -hmm. for each character uh he did an amazing job i loved hearing him do all of the characters i didn't listen to the audiobook but i did listen to like part two on the way back from HowlerCon with you yes and i thought it was awesome right you yeah you listened to (laughs) the fighting on mars with mustang when he's like fuck 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 (laughs) that whole scene you know what i'm talking about yes and i was like right see Um, so yes, I, I feel you all for me though. It didn't, at first it was a shock, but it didn't take away from the awesomeness of TGR's acting or of Pierce's writing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they could probably, um, post-production it better, warm it up, especially at the beginning and put it back out there. But I don't know if they'll do that. Yeah. And I wrote this down. TGR is a bloody damn gem, and I'll fight you if you disagree. That's a fair point right there. Give me your, your first your first thoughts. My initial impression of this book was that I thought it was incredible, and I absolutely loved it. I, I know some people may disagree with me, but I thought this book paid off like Dark Age so well. A lot of the stuff it like answered, set up, I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved those payoffs. And it also paid off on the vibes front, just like Dark Age was a slog. It was tough. It was a lot of bad vibes, punches to the gut over and, and over. And the chest. <laughs> and here we get a lot of like fist in the air, like, woo, let's do this. Yeah. We're having fun. And that, uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. I think it's just like a continued evolution in Pierce's writing. Honestly, I thought it was his most beautiful book in regards to just like language, relationships, uh, character growth. Like, I just thought he really touched my heart as well as my lap when he sat on it. Um, I really loved... (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) As well as your lap. Also, I loved like Philosopher Darrow and just like him rebuilding himself 
into yeah i like the that new religion yes the the what would you call it his path the path the book yeah Yeah. um just kind of a new philosophy overall for him um and i just loved watching him like have to rebuild himself because let's be honest darrow and iron gold and dark age pretty tough hang yeah it was (laughs) it was hard for me to stand by and say he was my favorite character (laughs) when he was being a huge dickhole and like losing all the time everyone was dying it was a tough hang making bad choices Wolfgar. much better hang uh so it just what it what it did for me was like it made it reminded me of why i loved this series so much in the first place and it I thought it tapped into the nostalgia of the first series really well, but it was not overwrought and it wasn't like a nostalgia fest or anything like that. And then just like Cassius, obviously to me, the whole book was just like a love letter to Cassius. His greatness just proves (laughs) like, (laughs) like why I've always thought he's been such a great character because this, this was always inside of him and this is who he is. And he's finally like showing it to you all and, his brotherhood with Darrow. I just, I've, I've been trying to tell you all. Stop acting like we didn't know. It's <laughs> insulting. We're, we've all been here the whole time. Also, Pierce, and he's, he's always been like this. Even my favorite writers do this thing that like fucking pisses me off. And it's when they re-explain things. And Pierce never does that, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, he will like barely have like a one-off sentence maybe, but it's like, just to give you a little context, but ne- yeah. it's never, he knows that we know what's going on. So mm-hmm. he never, even though when you said nostalgia for the first series, you know, it's never like, uh, you know, because I grew up in the mind, blah, 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 you know? And I feel like every other off- author, Every other author does it and he does it. And I just, that's why I love him so much. He knows that we have read the books multiple times (laughs) or, you know, have just read them and didn't forget what was going on. He's got smart readers. Yes. I think that's an excellent point. He respects his readers. And I do think let's go through the book real quick. Just, you know, let's do like a part one. What did you think? So I was sad when Darrow started off as a sad boy again. Right. I was um, a little scared. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh no. DA vibes are here. He wasn't with his reunited bud, Cassius. We weren't yet reunited with Severo. Um, Screwface was a bad time. <laughs> um, I I did like the like slow down, Darrow reflecting. He's I like the introduction of the path and how he's like fighting it, but still grappling with the message mm-hmm. um but yeah i, w- I was like oh is daryl gonna be marooned and sad the whole <laughs> fucking time <laughs> i'm not yeah. here for this yes the dark age vibes were strong to start the book like very much hanging around here um part one i thought was great though i like what you said about how he's like reading the book and reading about the path but He's like grappling with that message and we really get to see him like learn it and apply it throughout the book and like how he develops as a character and how it rebuilds him and how he uses that to like find his new philosophy and find his new place. I just thought that that was masterfully done. I loved that we've been talking about Darrow and Cassius going to rescue Severo 
Yeah. And then Pierce just like subverted that and has Severo rescue Darrow and Cassius. I thought that was perfect. Oh, yeah. So between between those two things, I wrote Lysander sucks. <laughs> that was my summary on his chapter. Um, <laughs> At the beginning of the book, he's not as bad. I don't think I like just, part one, part he two. Sucks. He still sucks, but. He's like, I kind of enjoyed what he was doing. And we want to talk about part two now. We can. Um, I got to talk about Severo Apple. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I love the fight with Apple and Darrow. I know mm. we're supposed to hate Apple, but I can't hate him. <laughs> I wanted Darrow to kill him still, even though I like him. I wanted him to die. Yeah. And then I wanted Mustang to kill him later. But... I still like am rooting for him at the same time <laughs> just cause like he's so obnoxious. He's a lovable psycho. Um, his little speech to Darrow, like right before they're about to duel is just yeah. incredible. I think another reason I love him so much is the way TGR reads him. Gratitude. <laughs> Lion heart. <laughs> That's later. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, several breaking himself out was the best bait and switch. Yes. Um, and then Severo saving Darrow and Cassius, but being like mad about it, that he's having to save Cassius. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's peak Severo. Um, I will say though, then Severo to me was like really getting on my nerves. I realized that Abominadrius like killed all his friends in front of him and that's horrible but also he's been doing this since iron gold yeah let's be honest like being a dickhead i don't know why people are now all of a sudden like being like severo's not himself he hasn't been acting like severo for a long time right well he got grimdark and never came out of it so we can't expect the comedy from ephraim obviously and then we can't expect it from Severo either, even though there's a few. He's growing moments. and evolving as a character and he's going through some terrible ass shit. If he was like just cracking jokes constantly, we'd be like, okay, there's actually something really wrong with yeah. him because he's not engaging with his fucking emotions at all. Right, like, right. <laughs> but, this uh, seemed very human to me. Like Severo's reaction, Severo throughout this entire thing, I don't know. I thought it really humanized him and I, I, I enjoyed that. Right. And I, I enjoy him starting here at this point, like pissed off. Yes. Wants to go home, hates everybody and seeing him start to heal right. on this journey. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, I'm frustrated. I was frustrated with him too at times. Just like, come on, man, you're being a real dickhead. But it's like... Dickhead? Yeah. And like... <laughs> Everyone else has <laughs> lost a lot of friends also, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of the way Severo is. And like I said, I don't know. He's been like this since Iron Gold. So I don't really see, I don't know. I didn't really get the, I didn't have the same feeling that I think other people did on that, where I was like expecting something different from Severo, expecting him to be. Or be fun. Yeah. Be fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, his friends got cooked in a wolf. So. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk part two. Let's start with the Mustang Lysander of it all. Okay. So just like uh, Dark Age, part two starts, we get a shift into a Mustang perspective and Love both it. of us cheer loudly. Yes. Because we stand Mustang here at Hallerpod. To me, like, I don't know, this like Lysander making his speech and like trying to bring the rim and the core together, that's, he's almost likable in that moment. Oh, uh, is, is this where they're in like the round and he yeah. stands up, Diomedes tries to walk out and mm-hmm. he, 
Yeah. No, I agree. That was well played. He finally is pulling away from his raping Auntie Lan. Aunt, how do we say it? Auntie. Auntie Lantia. Auntie Lantia. Mm-hmm. It's tough to remember how we <laughs> said that. So good for him. Don't be raped by your aunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there was that was a little dark there uh, at parts when especially when he's like talking to I think Pytha about it um, or thinking about talking to Pytha about it and how much he doesn't enjoy it anymore. Yes. I mean, back in Dark Age, he was definitely enjoying well, it. <laughs> begrudgingly. Well, now yeah. that he knows that she killed his yeah, parents. Right. Uh, but then, so once, we, uh, that happens, once Lysander kind of makes his big speech, the society and Lysander, Cicero, Apollonius, uh, they all go for Mars where Mustang's at. Um, and we get this incredible, incredible battle. Mustang versus Lysander is the battle I didn't know I needed, but loved it. Incredible. <laughs> it was just so awesome. I think. I mean, the Battle of Phobos for me is like immediately among the greatest action scenes in the entire series. It was amazing. I will say this is where I was like, Lysander is way more of a dick. Yeah. Who's the bug now? Oh, he's just so annoying in this. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like good at Can you believe battles him? and stuff. It's- he is. He is a better fighter. He's more cold hearted and more of a badass mm-hmm. when it comes to strategy and war and mm-hmm. not pissing his pants but he's also like way more um space racist i mean he's yeah. like good we're killing all these fucking <laughs> yeah. greens and shit yeah when that green like melts and he's like enjoying it that was yeah. kind of like okay bud. and she uh flips him off yeah uh but i am glad that he negotiated with virginia and didn't sucker punch her i was worried that he would oh like renege on his deal yeah Yeah. also i'm glad that he got poisoned (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of fun (laughs) can we talk about apple hunting mustang like oh my gosh wow i love the like ship corridor fighting and this was like corridor fighting (laughs) on the surface you know yeah um it was so cool uh, to see like holiday with the drones and the um the the lion guard mm-hmm. um and then must holiday being like a cold like like we will leave you behind and, and Mustang's <laughs> like no we won't yeah belay that <laughs> her little speech that ends with Hicks and Leones is yes. incredible. Um I mean this whole battle like Victra killing Ajax howling and pounding your chest <laughs> what do you feel what do you think about that like i've seen some talk that like people are mad that ajax like went down easy or whatever but i, I don't, don't think he went down easy he just went down behind the scenes right you didn't really i'm sure see it, it was not easy but i mean victra and thraxa are fucking awesome yeah they can take out ajax like and i don't also, have any problem they with probably that. outsmarted him yeah they did they I mean, completely you know, ambushed him. It's not like said. a yeah. head-on fight, you know. Right. No, I great 
Yes, kill more bad people. Victor's fucking awesome. Like, why do we not want her to kill Ajax? (laughs) I think also I wouldn't want to fight Victra and especially not Victra with Thrax. Also, she's been training for like eight months straight for vengeance. Oh, she's ready for... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) careful of a woman not scorned, a woman whose family's been murdered. Maybe, I don't know, three years ago, Victra couldn't have killed Ajax, but like with the training that she's been doing... Can she not get better? I think she can. Like, and, and I think she has awesome. more of a reason to um, fight and kill everyone without fear. You know, like yeah. she's ready to die for vengeance. Yes. So that, that whole thing was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and and then, I, I love her like grotesque howling and pounding of the chest. <laughs> yes. It's it's a Barca move for sure. <laughs> We get Valdir back. That was a, a really fun. Oh, like, I kept thinking, who's going to save Mustang? Yeah. Who's going to jump in? I'm like, is Daryl going to come back? Because yeah. we didn't know really where, where everyone was. Yeah. I, I, never, I did think that a couple times. I was like, is Daryl going to show up there, here? Yeah. yeah. I never thought that it was going to be Valdir. Um, Valdir or prisoners, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was great. a re- That was a good like fist pump moment for sure. I was... I was reading this entire part as once the battle of Phobos started, I was, I had my Kindle and I was walking in circles around my house. My house is like one giant circle yeah. and I was just reading and I was just like, and your dog was like, <laughs> what the fuck is ferociously going texting uh, our friend miles? Cause he had already read the book and I was just like, everything that was happening i yeah. was just like giving him the full miles play by checking in with me. <laughs> miles would check in with me like can we talk yet i'm like no <laughs> go away can't talk until i see you in person and then of course at the beginning of part two we we check back in with lyria a little bit we see that she's out in the asteroid belt okay who raise your hand who's disappointed that she didn't become a super spy I am not. I am. I'm disappointed. I get she wants to be herself, but it would have been cool to see her bounce off the walls and learn Kung Fu like Keanu. Yeah. I know Kung Fu. You know? But I do. I love Truffle Pig and I love the ham scene. Are we there yet? Uh, yeah. That We can go into part three now. But um, we, we do have yeah. to bring up to Mateo, sweetest man. He literally was the only one who made me cry this whole book and it's because i was reading it so i was listening to it as fast as possible yeah but he made when he this is later but when he is like intentionally telling darrow all the people he's mourning i was like i didn't know i was so sad about all these people (laughs) mateo was great i was really glad we got a last moment with him and i i'm not happy about what they're doing out there. We need ships. We need Lyria to be a super spy. We I was, don't need the children of the corn. <laughs> we'll get into this more. I think we'll have a little bit longer of a debate about this. But I was like not upset about that at all. I, and I did, I did not want robots to save the day. So Could have been cool. <laughs> I don't know. Might, might be cool. Where, where are the robots that were on Mars? We saw them a little bit. Are they still on Mars? Uh... The ones that fought the Ephraim with the mop. Yeah. We, we, we did forget the best part of the Apple Virginia hallway fighting. What? I found you. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
that narration by TGR is awesome. <laughs> we found were, you. I found you, Lionheart. <laughs> we were laughing our asses off. It was incredible. Uh, but yeah, I think part three is really where we get the like the twists and the turns in this book big time. Um, this is where we get the whole like Atlas reveal where he's Helios and then he- I have to say that heist of the dustmaker is so badass the yes. way the like glove thing and them describing how it, it's worse than burning alive yeah um and the way that he got new arms and a, a new i mean it's cr- <laughs> atlas is fucking crazy he's so terrifying he's like the daddy of the baddies <laughs> I'm so glad he's dead, hopefully. Yes. Uh, I think he is. I think that was a real... (laughs) And then we hear Fa come on, and I have to say, TGR's Fa voice is scary as fuck. The deep Fa voice? Yeah. Not the Wizard of Oz voice? (laughs) (laughs) The... uh, What's the... All Father. Yeah. (laughs) I had to psych myself up to do it because it hurts my throat yes this was some great turns and we just learned that like atlas has been pulling these strings for years on end he's got this giant plan i mean this guy is so scary like uh they say in the book he's been running circles around darrow for years and was going to continue to run circles around darrow yes uh so luckily cassius was there um (laughs) unluckily for us (laughs) we get this great reveal that fa is like not really fa he's just like a fancy obsidian (laughs) he's like a fancy obsidian boy he's like i would like to see the opera (laughs) which i thought was was great very surprising really for me i thought fa was like I knew Fa I was, did think he was like a terrifying monster. I thought he was doing Atlas's bidding, but yeah. that he was like the scary guy that wears spikes. I thought there was some like hints to it in Dark Age just because of like they had brought like I think Mustang or somebody had commented on like his his speech skills and just like how good of an orator he was and like he had clearly had some training and or maybe they say oh. it in this book. Okay. Um there's like a few hints just small ones but like it he, definitely didn't make me think that he was like a full-on imposter right like this yeah, yeah. um which i guess him, he's not he, really he is still a fucking badass but he's just like but the fake voice and then yeah um it's crazy too that he and atlas are like best buds and then yes. how like heartbroken atlas is when fa dies right and that whole group like yeah fa's little cronies and stuff yeah um i thought the i mean the ashvar the duel between darrow and fa was just incredible you're skipping a lot of stuff that i wrote down but that's okay i guess it's a long book what do you what do you have well i wanted to talk about the boys together darrow cassius severo and diomedes mm-hmm. that's a fun mix oh yeah i'm definitely. loving diomedes even though he can be a stick in the mud Yes, I mean the whole like ship travel Archimedes journey was incredible. It's great. Gotta talk about there's a few piggyback moments, Cassius on Darrow and then <laughs> Lyria on Volga. Yeah. And both times I thought of Bella on Edward. <laughs> if you know, you know. 
the wood scene going up the tree. Um, and then I wanted to say, uh, so glad we have the obsidians back. We're mm-hmm. kind of talked about that. So glad Darrow has gotten his uh, godly Tyr Morga back. Yeah. His new vibes. Oh, I want to say Lysander being an absolute bitch isn't surprising at all. He immediately gave in to Atlas. Yeah, that bitch. was annoying, but expected. Expected. What What are you going to do? You're a bitch. Just as soon as the proposition was laid out in front of him, you're just like, I know Lysander's not going to make the right choice here. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he was backed into a corner, especially when he's like, I don't even need you. We can just have a fake Lysander. Yeah. That's tough. I, I mean, I would probably be a little bitch too. It's Atlas. Right. But you got to then out scheme Atlas, which is very hard. Yes. But yeah. Um, and before full metal panoply, we have to say that I am very, very disappointed in Volga. I was also pretty disappointed in her. Where's my sweet pen pal writing, muffin eating, animal loving, <laughs> sweetie pie, Ephraim's daughter. I know. That was, that I was, was for you. I was disappointed, but not surprised just because I feel like she's very impressionable. And I think Lyria does a good job of kind of explaining that. Like, I, I was hoping she would go out to wherever Fa was mm-hmm. and be a secret sleeper agent and then like help the rising. But she like immediately kind of like, bought in. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Oh wait, he's cool. Well, they're feeding her a lot of lies. Sure, but so like, come on. Fa killed Ephraim. I know it's crazy. That she was, was just like great. I was getting so frustrated with her when Leary was like yelling at her about that. Yeah, and she's like brushing it off. I was like, what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Ephraim I thought that was going to be the hammer really, line. That yeah. was what's going to do it. <laughs> yes, Volga to me was very eye rolly. I was just like, give me a break. My sweet yeah. muffin. She was tough at first, for sure. Um, I'm. It's gonna take me a while to forgive her. I'm not ready. I'm she not ready around. to forgive her. She came around. She did a uh, heart punch, like almost all the colors. Thankfully, reds are at the bottom. <laughs> Thirteen. It's rough. Yeah, it was. It was not good. That was not my favorite part for her. Um, but good job for Lyria. She has some guts. Yes. Lyria was incredible this entire book. Lyria Truffle Pig was incredible the entire book. Yep. She would have been even better with a parasite, but I'm just <laughs> saying. She could have like choop, 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 choop. I don't know. I thought she was fantastic as is. Like I think that like showed her even better. I don't know. Sure. I just I I felt like it was very much in her character to say no to that. It's it would be very much in my character to not say no to that. I know. I know. I just want to point that out. If anyone has a parasite, sign me up. All right. Can we talk about cling, cling, cling now? Confess. <laughs> Pierce was I'm not. I'm so sorry. That had to like <laughs> get so loud. deaf everybody. <laughs> I'll turn it down. Um, Pierce was not wrong about cling, cling, cling. Yes. When we interviewed <laughs> Pierce, we said, give us a non-spoiler spoiler. And he said, cling, cling, cling. And we were like, what is it? <laughs> this. Okay. Darrow, like, getting his groove back and then even getting more groove Darryl with the goes Breath to Europa, of Stone. Gets his groove back. That was 
so cool. It was awesome. And I love the like panic and oh my God, is Fog going to win? Is this how Darrow dies? And then he's like, just kidding. I have the path. Yeah. I don't need to be the willow. Yeah. I need to be the breath. Yes. Of stay. <laughs> yeah, that whole duel was just incredible. All the callback to like the dead horses with them coming out of the Leviathan. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, oh yeah. The circle just watching and just like slowly turning the obsidians against Fa, right. just showing that he's a little bitch and he's a faker. Yeah. And then the obsidians like revere power and they're mm-hmm. all scared of fa yeah so darrow just swooping in and cutting him piece by piece cutting his spikes off <laughs> yes like de-porcupining him yeah it's just like the smartest way to knock him down bit by bit instead of just like outright not that he could have but right outright killing him well it's just like as soon as as soon as he survived that first minute and then like kind of got into a, a little bit of a groove and started moving how he wanted to i was like oh yeah here we go here i was we like go. so excited um and <laughs> what do you think breath of stone or mind's eye breath of stone for show also where's the mind's eye been we'll talk about that i've okay. got that on our list yeah um how about fa running away like a little bitch god it was so satisfying i started to feel bad for him I was I like, not. this motherfucker. That was just like so satisfying just because he was such a freaking faker, just Wizard of Oz, full on bullshit. And, and we wh- here in Kansas do not stand <laughs> the man behind the curtain. <laughs> and just like what he, especially what he did to like Sefi and just that whole situation, how frustrating that was. Yes. Uh, at the time. To, to get this like moment of catharsis where we see him humiliated and just like completely exposed, I was just, that was so pleasing. That was like one of the most pleasing things I've ever read. It was amazing. And then like s- slowly when he starts to run, the different groups of obsidians, um, like not helping him, being on Darrow's side. And then even the Askamani just like jeering at him. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> Your little creepy puppets. Yeah, they were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is not going well for us. And then, of course, part four. Are Did you anything re- else happen other than Cassius dying in part four? I mean. Well, let's talk about the beginning. I knew something was going to happen to Cassius when we started getting the brothers talk. Oh, yeah. I was and just I was like, goner. oh, I couldn't even like enjoy it. because I was just like, <laughs> fuck. Um, oh, I was like, better enjoy it now. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> but that was a really sweet chapter with oh, the man. two of them. So perfect. Um, I'm looking forward to rereading it when I don't have so much dread. Yeah. I guess I'll have more dread now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just like moving so fast through the book too. Like, Yeah. I, I went back and reread like the Hangar 17B chapter where he dies. and um, You reread know. that? Yeah. You're just wanting to torture yourself? Oh, man. I must. (laughs) The pain. (laughs) I hurt myself today. I just thought it was incredible because I was like, well, I was like, I was doing that thing where it starts getting so exciting. I just start reading in big fucking chunks. So I start like skipping over stuff kind of. Uh, So I wanted to go back and kind of read it like word by word uh, and really let it sink in. But I just, I don't know. It was beautiful. Like that whole conversation between Lysander and Cassius at the end. I hope 
I hope it just haunts Lysander for the rest of his life. Oh, like, I, th- I hope it makes him go insane. He's already kind of losing it. But I, I do want to ask, this was my thought. Like, what would have happened? Lysander was going to let Cassius go. So what would have happened if Cassius didn't stand up? You know? Right. Like, after he killed Atlas, he could have gotten away. Right. If Atlas doesn't mention the eat me or whatever. Eat me. <laughs> whatever it's called. Ed me, maybe. Eyed me. Yeah. I don't know. How, how does CGR say it? I think it's Ed. Ed me. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, somebody will tell us, I'm sure. The, ci- the cyanide. <laughs> yeah. The bioweapon. Then he gets out of there. He gets out of there. Yeah. So that that was why Atlas did it. I think he just was like doing it to fuck. Yeah, right. Cassius over and not only... And, and fuck and Lysander. Fi- fuck Lysander over, yeah. Right. And and yeah, I don't know. I just love it. Cassius don't. And then he says, I must. And then he goes off with And his, he said, my honor remains. Yeah, uh, it's just beautiful. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> and I love that little moment where there's like one bullet left in the chamber and it just gives you this like great illustration of Lysander's guilt. Like he's looking at that one bullet and then oh, to kill himself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that that whole thing was just beautiful. The duel between Lysander and Roan was fucking kick ass too. Yes. I thought that was brutal. Roan is a tough nut <laughs> to crack <laughs> when he like slaps his boot down and then that knife pops yeah. out and then he's like, <laughs> like <laughs> I could just like picture that whole thing in my head. It was, it was great. so great. Yeah. And, uh, Good news is Atlas is dead. <laughs> yes. I mean, that is great news. Great that news. That is, I mean, that actually gives the Republic a fighting chance at this point. Can we also talk about Lysander not only killing his brother Cassius, but then lying to Diomedes and then sh- like trying to kill all the rim golds? Mm-hmm. Just oh, being a just dick to everybody? Full on. And then hanging Cassius. And oh, like, my gosh. That was just brutal. Uh, like, have we not done enough, man? I'm glad Pytha was like, I'm going to kill you, but her guns were broken. I hope Pytha is the one to do it in the end. Yeah. Well, I kept thinking, I thought Pytha was a little more on Cassius's side. I did too. I think she she, was just like really watching out for Lysander. Yeah. She seemed though to really care for a little bit. I was like, oh, maybe Pytha's like a spy for, Mm Mm-hmm. Cassius but then it seemed like she really cared about Lysander mm-hmm. so I'm glad that she she knew that it was Lysander she yep. she didn't believe his fucking bullshit yeah and then after what Io gets destroyed basically um you know we have this alliance that comes out of it we've got Diomedes the daughters and oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the daughters or Ore the whole time. <laughs> that was that was a cool storyline. I did like that. Um, Fitchner reappearing. Yes, love any moment we can get with Fitchner. That also played on that little nostalgic factor that I was talking about with the first series. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't I, love. I loved Ore's character. I didn't love the daughters holding everyone accountable. <laughs> yeah, we got a Tell lot us. going on. <laughs> was like okay now we're doing this yes. come on but like, it it was like it was a good part of darrow's journey i thought like he needed that he needed to pay the pay for those sins yes and uh and he did fuck up he did 
big time. And that I thought that was made clear in this book, which I thought I really enjoyed where he was like, that was a mistake. You know, yeah. it was because I was scared. Uh, Didn't think and I, I could. And I wanted, and tr- taking shortcuts. Yeah, taking shortcuts. I wanted to protect Mars. And yeah. I just like, I love that aspect of the ownership of it that he took. And then, yeah, the daughter's kind of came out of nowhere but i thought it was a, a, a great plot device that and that we clearly worked. need a little bit of help we did we needed help and now we've got a fleet or well kind of like a ragtag fleet uh between the obsidians and the daughters and we've, we've got, got president volgo we've got president volgo we've got diomedes the leader and of the Rem dominion yeah uh all on the same team so that's fun i mean i hope Diomedes just really fucks some people about, up. There's another piggyback with Gaia and Darrow. Just lots oh, of piggybacks. Yeah. There's lots of, lots of piggybacks. Oh, the symbolism of Darrow catching that pillar mm-hmm. and not letting all the rim golds be crushed. Mm-hmm. Just the symbolism there with also, his can, slippered feet. Can I get one of those staffs that's like you their, shall not pass? Their moon. You know, did you oh. read that description where it's like they're all sitting there and the Rim, rim dominion meeting room or whatever they have their and they all staffs. have a staff for that's like fully colored looks like their moon and that would be incredible do you think it was moving with like <laughs> the you know i hope so that would be better that'd be cool yeah 3d moons <laughs> i want a moon staff you need to talk to the orange armory yes josh at the orange armory yeah pay him a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> All right, his Josh. Shit, if you're his listening, shit is nice. Moon staff. Moon staff. Which moon? <laughs> uh, Europa. Okay. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Want a little griffin popping out of the yeah, top of it? Yeah, I think so. Nice. I feel like blue would look good. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> my last note for the end of the book was sad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like the twisting of the knife, like three separate times with Cassius's death is I was so like, tough. When he died, I was like, "Fuck!" And my first thought was. Well, we we kind of got all that extra time with him because he kind of yeah. was supposed to die before. Right. But then it got worse. And then Lyria, like... Lysander hugging, hangs him. And then Lyria finds out. Lyria hugging Darrow, like, around the waist. Yeah. And he has to, like, kneel down. Then they have, like, the actual funeral with Darrow and Severo. Ugh. And then they go to his room. Oh, my God. And he's, like, watching the old clips. The old clips. Man, those get me every time. I wish we could watch them. I guess we just have to reread Red Rising. <laughs> did we cover everything? We didn't cover everything, which is why we will be back soon with chapter by chapter rereads <laughs> where we will cover everything. There is one last thing that I think we should cover before we move on to our questions. And that is we have a final statement and that is fuck Lysander for F and always. Yes. We hate Lysander. <laughs> Let it be known. Even more than we did before, if that's possible. Okay, we've got a light bringer survey next. We're gonna move through this fast. Let's yes. not take a ton of time because we've already talked about it. Everything. It's hard kind of, to not talk a long time about right. this amazing book. But we got to keep it brief here. So let's start with what was the best moment of the book for you? Book. Uh, you go first. My favorite moment was. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think it's the Battle of Phobos. Um, I'll probably change this every time I read it, but I'm going to say my favorite moment was, um, 
the truffle pig stuff, but then Cassius calling Lyria or Darrow saying little eagle. Yeah, the eaglet thing. The eaglet. Eaglet. Oh god, that was so great. I was yeah. just like <laughs> squee. Oh, and furthermore, I'm expanding, but Lyria like blushing every time Cassius talked to her. <laughs> Me too, girl. Also blushing. Okay, I'm amending my part. My favorite part <laughs> is <laughs> no, wait, my favorite part. <laughs> I have to I shouldn't have, I should have gone for like a character moment, not an action scene. Okay, Ben, what's your favorite part? So yeah, I'm going to amend because I just thought of this. and I have to pick a Cassius moment as my favorite moment. Oh, you were jealous because I picked one? Yeah, it did make me a little jealous. Yeah. And I thought I re- immediately regretted that I didn't pick a Cassius moment. So, okay. When they're at Lauren's castle and Cassius is like standing off to the side and he's got like his leg up on the ledge. He's like looking out in the distance and Volga like walks oh, by yeah. and she like trips <laughs> <laughs> because he's so good looking and then he just does like a the chin he like puts his finger on his chin uh it and, was... and she said that is the most <laughs> or no after he died she said he was the most beautiful man i've ever seen <laughs> that was my favorite moment that did redeem golda a little bit because i agree okay what was your least favorite part um I liked all of it. I didn't like seeing Severo sold as cattle. Mm. That was pretty tough mm-hmm. for me. I would say my least favorite part was just that we didn't get a check back in with Mustang at any point. I really wanted to like, I just, What's wanted, going on? I just wanted to check back in over there at, at some point. Well, Maybe at the end of the book, I thought we were going to get something. But. I did. I did want more Mustang. Yeah. Uh, Pierce did warn us in our interview that we didn't get a lot of money. Yeah. I agree. But at the same time, it's like... It made sense. Maybe they're doing stuff we're not supposed to know about. Yeah. It made sense why they didn't go back. I was just... If I was... If I'm quibbling here, I love this entire book. But if I'm quibbling, I just wanted a little more Mustang. Yes. That's it. Um, okay. Who was your MVP of the book? Your standout character? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Can I take Cassius? Yeah, I mean, we were both going to say Cassius because he was clearly the MVP. I'm going to say Darrow because <laughs> he got his groove back and he found a new, he's like a new Razor Master. Yeah. He's a new Lorne. He has a new Willow Way. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. I would say secondary MVP, Lyria. Lyria was, was good. Yeah. Okay. Truff, truffle big. Favorite side character? Um, Mateo. Mm, that's a good choice broke through my stony heart he was awesome he was like really just like heart so genuine yeah i feel bad that he stuck (laughs) off into the deep space and you know what once quick or mateo dies they're gonna be really lonely because they're not like interacting with the kids right what's your best side character oh man does apple count yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't say Apple, then I'm picking Fell, the red that Lyria is hanging out with on the asteroids. Oh, yeah. He was in like one chapter, but I thought he was fucking awesome. He had like <laughs> kick-ass ballerina moves <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> slash ninja. I thought he was a total badass and he, he was funny. He's the one who came up with Truffle Pig. Yes. Yeah, he, he straight up died. <laughs> real badly he got it that was a bad, bad. Not, death. Good. not good for him let's talk about the quote-unquote 
abandoned plot lines. I wouldn't call them abandoned, but that's been the the lexicon and that's out there. We have yet to have the finished book. I have thoughts on Red this. God. Yes, I have thoughts on this. Let's hear it. Them. Let's hear it. First of all, there's another book. There's so another let's book. Let's all just chill out. Chill the fuck out. Second, I think there's probably something going on with Abominadrius, right? There was a line. Hey, you who don't pay attention, Mustang <laughs> has someone feeding her information and she's like embarrassed or um, ashamed of it. She says to Cavix, it's the worst thing that you could think of. So it's probably, we talked this weekend at Halarcon with a bunch of people. Some people think it's Lilith. I think it's Abominadrius. Mm-hmm. Who else could be some the worst thing? For Cavix especially. For Cavix and for Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. So also there's what I thought was interesting um, was Abominadrius. The last thing that he says to Severo is give my sister my regards or yes. whatever. Which right? makes me think Severo is a sleeper agent. Well... I think that's one route that you could take it is you could take that's it down. My route. Yes. You could Suspicion. take it down that route. Uh, that is Severus a sleeper agent. He's going to activate, uh, once he sees Mustang or something and or try Victor. to kill him or Victor and try to kill him. Although he did see Mustang on a hollow and did not do anything. Um, so I think the other route that you could take that is Mustang and Abominadrius are working together. He's saying this kind Center of my regards. Yeah. And, I think you brought this up, which I thought was a great point is he wouldn't say that unless like he kind of knew that Severo might be able to escape. Cause like, why would he ever see Mustang again? Right. He would never what, see her. Yeah. Why would Severo see Because Mustang? he had been sold off to Apollonius suppose. I mean like used as bait and he was going to die. So like, why would you say that? It's a good question. You know, unless you thought, there's a chance that you would actually up. see her. So that's where I'm at on the Bob and Adrian's plot. I just don't think we needed to know anything. There's, there's not much going on on Luna. It's under, you know, we talk, there's, we hear about a siege. There's famines going on there. Food it's supply has been fucked. It's not a good place to be. So, and there's not a point of view character there. So it's like, it would right. be kind of convoluted to send a point of view character over there and, or just make a, a point of view character. You'd have to like, either make Abominadrius a point of view or Lilith or something like that. And then there's like too much information that would need to be hidden, hidden yeah. slash, you know, it's like, I just I think, don't think, I think we'll see Abominadrius in Red God. Yes, we will definitely see him there. And that storyline will be concluded with the plan of whatever it is. Like just trust and Pierce. Like he I trust obviously did this for a reason. Yes. Let's talk about Figment. The Parasite, and Quicksilver. It wasn't really abandoned, quote unquote. I thought it was resolved. I thought it was fully resolved. Yes. Uh, Lyria squishes it, and I was like, no. (laughs) I think people are talking about, Mateo mentions that there's like four or five others out there, Mm -hmm. but that's so obscure. It's like part of the... the, Just a little bit of world world building. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's part of the... What's not canon? Uncanon. Head canon. (laughs) of like it's it's a different story it's like the history of it yeah so i don't think we'll see more figment i don't think so either um and like hey we love to make predictions and theorize with the best of them we do it all the time and we're always wrong but 
Yeah, and we're not like married to those predictions. So if something that we predicted doesn't come true, I'm not like upset about it. It's just except Lyria isn't. A super we're just star. having fun. It's not our story. It's Pierce's story. So like, he's whatever in charge. He's going with it is where I'm following. We're just trying to have fun and talk about what we think might happen. Yes, I don't. Fun. I don't think uh, Quicksilver was an abandoned plotline. I think Quicksilver made a choice and left the war. Yeah. There, even though me, he's daddy number two of the rising. This whole thing was very satisfying for me. I, I loved like the resolution of it. Like I said, I didn't want a million robots to show up and save the and Republic. Just make it easy. Yeah. Like, and Quicksilver has never been a huge part of the story. Yes. He's like, and he's never been a hero. Right. He's a, and his whole, this seems like the very gold much, ring. His, right. his, right. his, uh, family murderer floating out in space. Yeah, that was fucked up. Uh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't want Quicksilver <laughs> around. He's scary. So to me, like, I loved the way this wrapped up. I thought it was tidy, and I was kind of worried about how the situation was going to work itself out. And I thought the way that Pierce did, which is very smart, true to the characters, thought it fit the story well. It got Lyria where she needed to be. And then it got our heroes the equipment that they needed to go out to the rim. And it's just like And they got know. some sick new suits. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. And then yeah, fuck off Quicksilver. I don't care. Like I didn't want Quicksilver to be the person to save the day. Yeah. Uh and that, that doesn't ring true to me. And and then I thought the choice that Lyria made was just very much Lyria. That is who she is. And like her not wanting the parasite because it would make her forget her family. Yes. Okay. I'm totally on board with that. I'm on board too. I'm just saying it would have been cool. <laughs> I agree. Like I, I am here for Parasite Lyria. Like yes. that was fun, but I don't, I, I don't need it. And I think like in a way it made her character better and I liked her path that she took and it's the, and she still showed that she's just like extremely capable without the Parasite. She's learning all the time. And she's turned into quite the little badass yes. without any superpowers. She's following after Rona's footsteps. Yeah. So how about the mind's eye? The mind's eye was never a problem for me in the first place. But uh, yeah, it was a problem for some people. It was. And I respect that. Uh, but I, I do feel like it got kind of like more explanation to what it was in this book. Like it wasn't just some superpower that. Lysander could just turn off. It was and like turn a meditative on. state. Yeah, it's like a meditative state. And for that moment in Dark Age where it's nobody can see, like to me that fit. And then here, like you see him trying to use it and and failing at times. So um I don't he, know. He almost he like can't ever get it. Yeah. He's like always failing to grasp it. It's probably because he's losing his fucking mind. Yeah. I that might be playing into his character a little bit and informing his character, I think, which, which tells us something. And, and, um, like we said, like this is a seven book series. So we'll continue to learn about these things and change. And just because one thing happened to one book, you read the next book, um, you put all the information together and evaluate it that way. Instead of just like thinking in the mind's eyes, just a straight up superpower right away. Right. Um, right. so, so yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all. I do think it kind of like it got more explanation as to kind of what it was. And um, and then Daryl finding the breath of stone reminded me of the 
a type of the mind's eye. Agree. In terms of like being in the flow. Yeah. And I thought that, yeah, I thought that explained it just like very well. And if you're, I don't know, if you're uh, ever like been an athlete or someone who has a skill, like when you get into that moment where you're just reacting and not thinking. And just vibes. It does feel like you're in a zone, like where you just can do anything that you want to do. And I think that was illustrated just super well on page right. uh, during that, that Breath of Stone situation. Loved it. All right. Next question. Battle of Phobos versus Battle of Ilium versus the Lion's Reign. Which one's your favorite? Man. <laughs> I know this is a very I cannot tough question. Choose. I love them all for different reasons. <laughs> I got to say, um, I'll just, I'll just stay on Aaron Cannon and say Battle of Ilium. That's what I figured you were going to say. But like, I really want to choose the Lion Rain is, is amazing with the star shells and being in the mud and the, the razor to the obsidians. Um, and then Battle of Phobos is so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say Battle of Ilium because fuck Roke. <laughs> How about yeah. you? I This may be recency bias, but I'm ready to say Phobos. That was I know. incredible. It was fucking... It's honestly one of my favorite things I've ever read. Like jacked. It was, it was so exciting. So exciting. I got to read it again. <laughs> All right, let's talk this book versus the expectations we had of it. We've waited for four years. We've been theorizing. How do it, you think it did? It met and exceeded all of my expectations. <laughs> I would 100% agree. I mean, really, like it was, I, I got it's probably my favorite book. We can go into that. Where does Lightbringer rank among the series? Give me your... Right, I mean, right now it's at the top. Right, right now? And I, yeah. And I'm like... I like books more and more the more I reread them. Mm -hmm. So it's probably just going to keep climbing up. Give me your one through six. One through six what? Of the series. Oh, fuck. Okay. Lightbringer. Well, this is the thing about Lightbringer. It made me like Dark Age and Iron Gold more. Mm. Like it, it helped bring Dark Age and iron gold up mm -hmm. and then rereading iron gold and dark age brought them up on their own because of all the new characters that i love so much mm -hmm. so it's pretty tough <laughs> i don't know if i can do it you just do it fast without thinking about it too much um vibes only vibes only i'm a sucker for morning star so let's do Lightbringer, morning star <laughs> um uh i I'm reticent to put Dark Age too high still because it hurt <laughs> me so badly. So I'll say Iron Gold. Mm -hmm. Then I don't know. I love Red Rising. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, uh -huh. uh, brings it back to just vibes. Yeah. And then um, it's like a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, I'll put Golden Sun at the bottom. So I guess Dark Age can be number wow. two. Wow, love that. So but I I'm sure if I reread. Any of those right now, they'd be at the top. Yeah. Because that's, I'm fickle. How about you? Definitely Lightbringers is my new number one. I would 100% agree with you on that. And that's, I've thought about this a lot. 
and I'm like, am I a prisoner of the moment? And yes. I say, no, that I'm not. I'm a happy prisoner. <laughs> uh, our friend Mike from Mike's Book Reviews has this great saying. I've been watching some of his YouTube videos that legacy takes time. And he's, when he's talking about series. He is a wise man. I do think that's an extremely wise saying. But in this situation, I'm saying, fuck F- that. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> because Lightbringer is my my new favorite um and i then i had like the opposite reaction for you or from you it pushed dark age down for me oh really because like dark age is just rough not fun it's not fun and And this was so fun yes and this was so much fun so it pushed dark age down for me and it brought iron gold up uh yeah yeah i feel that uh so i would say Lightbringer, golden sun Morning Star, Iron Gold, Dark Age, Red Rising. Do I like Golden Sun? I probably do. <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome book. It's fine. Somebody has to be last. So, somebody <laughs> in this whole fandom has to like Red Rising. So I'm like sticking it out for Red Rising. All right. I like that. What's okay. Uh, we've got a few maybe Red God adjacent questions. Okay. What's the biggest lingering question for you that's going into Red God? I, I well, I need a a, a meet cute between Mustang and Darrow. So the biggest mm. question is, when will they reunite? If, when, how, yeah. and will they say low husband, low wife? They have to. They have to. We got a low Mustang, low Reaper. Unless it's like, uh, you know, he's saving her, she's saving him. Yeah, they can't really sweet we almost got it in this we, we got a a over moment. the hollow low mustang low reaper which was pretty um great. can i also say a, something we haven't talked about yet is is pax gonna full-on blue out or is he gonna like he's pretty blued out he's pretty blued out <laughs> he shaved his head and got tattoos <laughs> <laughs> just think of like any mom seeing their son like yeah. wow you did the tattoos you're becoming a detached computer person great <laughs> sweet so he's half red half gold and now presenting as a blue <laughs> um my biggest lingering question is probably abominatrius like i, w- I want to see what's up what's up is he the source yeah. Yeah. What's he been doing? Yeah. Where's Lilith? And is she trying to fuck her son? Yeah. I think you've already answered this, but what are you look most looking forward to? All of it. Are you talking about... I was thinking that you were going to say Darrow and Mustang meeting no, up again. No, I'm looking forward to... Honestly, if I'm being really honest here, I'm not looking forward to Red God at all because I don't want it to end. I know. It's so... it's If it actually ends on that book... I would like Pierce to be like, oops. <sighs> How sad is that going to be? Oops, another eighth book. And Which I'll be like, like, great. Yeah, start Keep a whole new going. series. Like, I don't whatever. care. Never, <laughs> never stop. That's that where is, I'm at right that now. That is a really good point. He, uh, he's our prisoner and he must keep writing these books for us. Yeah. I would say um, most looking forward to Lysander getting his comeuppance. And I'm fully fully believing that Lysander will absolutely get caught in the next book and die. He's earned it. I hope that, um, there was questions going in, like whether Lysander was going to be like a redeemable character 
or whether he could survive all this no or whatever. longer no longer no sir sir you have got to die do you think atalantia will do him in or do you think it'll be like mustang it needs to be something like i want him to realize how much of a fucking dickhead he's been you know he's got to have like that moment of realization where he realizes like i am wrong about all this and i've been wrong the entire fucking time i don't need him to have time to do that i need someone to blow his i think he's gonna get killed by like a bunch of reds or like some low color you know yeah that'd be good yeah maybe they can throw him in a pit viper nest um i'm dreading the when Atalantia descends on Mars. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I am definitely dreading the, the, the deaths that are going to happen in Red God. Cause I feel like we got a pretty good reprieve in this book, even though my favorite character died. I just feel like, yeah. Do you think Red God is I don't think Darrow? I don't think we're dark age level of carnage, but I think it's going to be, I think we're not going to get out of this without losing and I, yeah, some people. I could definitely see Daryl passing away, but we'll see. All right. Last thing. Most important thing. Pierce Brown appreciation time. Oh. This guy's really good at writing. Take a drink. Take a drink. Cinematic. Emotional. Just. Uh, he just fucking delivered. He, he like writes. <laughs> In a way where you, how could you not be obsessed? I know. With these books. He just, I'm so, I'm just like so proud of him, how he delivered this book. And I know it took a long time and it was like worth a stressful, it. terrible thing for him. Worth the wait, worth but the struggle. Man, it was like, <laughs> Thanks I'm for so your suffering. glad he went through all that. <laughs> <laughs> We're for glad us. for your suffering. <laughs> because I just appreciate it so much. I just like, hands down, he's incredible. We love you, Pierce. Great job. All right, um, let's get on to the prime five. We're gonna move quickly, even though blast it. Uh, let's and of course the prime five is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's book or Lightbringer Insta reaction. That uh, freaked me out because normally I say that. Really? Yeah, it's uh, been a while, Ben. <laughs> You're are you trying to box me out? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, from this time at HallerCon, uh we had a lot of great insights from pierce in his talk um but he did mention alternating severo and atlas povs that was like how the book originally started he talks about it in a few interviews as well before HallerCon, but he started off uh by throwing out a chunk of severo pov chapters mm-hmm and where, how much money do I need to offer to get those chapters? And do they exist? <laughs> I mean, how freaking metal would be, would a Severo Atlas alternating point of view for like 100 pages be? That would be nuts. It, he might have thrown it out because he realized we would have all lost our minds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that we could have handled that. Yes. Our brains would have melted. But that was a great nugget from, from Hallercon. Um, okay, number two on our list... Rona. These aren't really five favorites. These are just like questions. They're insights and observations. Okay. Okay. Insights and observations. Great. Great. Um, number two. Number two, Rona. She, she doesn't show up in this book. And it's mentioned that she is lost on Mercury. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. 
Is she alive? Is she dead? What do you I think? think? Is she R- going to come back? Rona could be like the dog where Pierce <laughs> forgets about her. Oh, no. She ran out of food? Like, it's like she's dead. Oh, man. That's, I'm kind of worried about that. I'm worried about Rona being alive. And also, Kieran didn't have like that moment where he's sad that his daughter died. So maybe she's it's alive. True. It's true. We'll see. That, I'm going to say 50-50. Hopefully she's like running around Mercury and causing trouble. She's in her Drakenjaeger yeah. get up, fucking with people, stomping around. Okay, Ben, number three. Our iconic ships, Archimedes or the Morning Star slash Lightbringer? Which one is more iconic? And I know the answer already. Now that the Morning Star is a traitor and has become Lightbringer? Not her fault. <laughs> I think the answer is Archimedes. Also, Archimedes is super Han Solo ship. What's it what's oh, called? Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it is definitely Millennium Falcon vibes, big time. Like Chewie's fixing it up. Yeah. We have jokes, we have memories, <laughs> and we now have a map of it from Hallercon. I love that you can you have like a mental picture of it now. And I like, like as an architect the legend and mm. It's a great plan. Good job. Archimedes, more iconic than the Morning Star. You heard it here first. Um, okay. I don't agree with S- this. Step into my conspiracy corner. You had already stepped out of this, <laughs> and now you can't back into it. We're back, baby. I just have to mention a few little tiny pieces of holiday weirdness. This is not weird. Just to add to my bucket. You are suspicious. <laughs> She is suspicious. No, she's not. Uh, I don't know. Some people say. It's just you. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. Say it. Okay. Her Trank gun. It was a lemon, quote unquote. A lemon. The second one was a lemon. Both of them were. No, the first one, she kills the guy that gets in the way. Conveniently. It was so... Do you know how fast (laughs) Apple was thrashing and he yanks that person down as her hand's just coming saying, down. Just saying. Just and her... People are talking. Her not putting Apple out, she could. She got stabbed in the fucking gut. <laughs> she almost died. She was almost disemboweled by minotaur horns. I don't know. You are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, she didn't want to go fight Roan. What's up with that? Did you see Roan fight Cassius? I think that answers the question. What's up with that? I think Holiday realizes she's not around. I'm just, I'm asking questions. That's all. I'm not saying one thing or another. I'm just bringing up things I noticed. That is so. People can draw their own conclusions. You, you didn't read it fast enough. <laughs> it was, it went so fast. She had, and she almost died. And then she's like, go ahead, Lionheart. I'm dying. It's a miracle. She could be dead. We don't know. <laughs> Just saying. She could have Minotaur horn poisoning. Convenient. Okay. The best moment of the whole book for me. <laughs> what and I keep doing it this episode. But when Mustang reaches for her razor to to faint Apple to bring his attention from mm-hmm. his backwards helmet cameras, which would give me so much vertigo. <laughs> yeah. Um, when he goes, Lion Heart, <laughs> I found you. <laughs> Yes, if you haven't listened Apple to the audiobook, just it's so good. Apple appreciation right here. I mean, the guy is just incredible. He's fucking insane. He still has the best speeches. 
And he's a bad guy that isn't as creepy as Atlas, so we can root for him. He's pure. Purely evil. <laughs> and insane. But And insane. And but. lucky us, we got to hang out with Apollonius in the flesh at Halricon. Definitely in the flesh. Like all night. Yeah. That guy can hang. He's a great guy. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? I can't remember if I've said this, but uh, Sylvan Esso, mm. the musical artist, mm-hmm. um, I'm seeing them in concert next Friday. So whenever this episode comes out, mm-hmm. today maybe. Oh, I'm supposed to go to, to that with you. I need to buy a ticket. Um, yes. Our friend Clint's coming in town to watch it. Um, but it's like electronic pop music, but she like mixes on stage. Um, and it's, it's really great driving music. I would say just go listen to it. You might've heard, I was gonna die young. Now I gotta wait for you. That's it. Nice. Ben, what are you into this week? I'm into a book, and it's called The Outsider by Stephen King. Oh, didn't you watch the show? No, I watched the show. You watched the show. I read the book. I have not the watched show the show yet. The show is really good. I've heard that, but yeah. this book was incredible. Great setup. So it's by Stephen King. Wonderful, great book. I love Stephen King. Obviously, I think I've recommended a lot of his shit on this podcast, but... Um, <laughs> Good this shit. <laughs> this is like a a good book for like people that aren't huge Stephen King fans. I would say it's a, it's got some true crime elements. It's got some mystery solving elements, but then it's also got some of those classic kind of Stephen King supernatural horror elements mixed in, um, and then like the kind of rot under American society that's you know uh, typical of a lot of his books and. I just freaking love this. Uh, it has a great setup uh, right at the beginning. Uh, basically, like the town, ta- this town's like best guy. He's like the best boy in the whole town. Uh, everybody's Are favorite man. No, um, it's just the plot of uh, it's the synopsis of the book. He just gets he gets accused of murder of a child, uh, and like there's evidence of him doing it all over the crime scene. He was seen by eyewitnesses. But he also has a rock solid alibi that he's in another place at the time of the murder. And that's how the book kind of starts. So it's like this crazy mystery. You've got to watch the show. And I've heard the show is incredible, but the book was really good. Um, So highly, highly recommend. I I read this one super fast. How dare you read anything other than Lightbringer? I read it before Lightbringer. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, it was it was probably my second favorite book I've read this year behind oh. Lightbringer. Yeah. Okay, Ben. What are we doing next week on Hallerpod? Um, yeah, so we're working on, you know, some scheduling, et cetera. We're gonna get some special guests on the podcast. Lots of lots of new friends. More Lightbringer reactions coming down the pipe. Some um classic special guests. Yes. We're gonna hear from our wise and wonderful researcher Heather. We're gonna hear the whole Hallerpod family. From Nick Brenlow. Might do some some reading, if you remember, our friend from across the pond. Um, and 
everyone else. <laughs> the, the wider Hallerpod universe. Yes. And then we've also made some new friends that we're going to bring into the podcast fold. Yes. And we're going to talk Lightbringer with them. Uh, and then also, we always love to hear from our Howlers. So start sending us your Lightbringer thoughts, reactions, reviews. If you want to answer Voicemails. our... Yeah, if you want to answer our questions, you can. If you want to come up with your own questions... Send those in too. We'll definitely be doing uh, an all Howler Lightbringer mailbag episode here at, at some point as well. Um, scheduling to come soon. So I'm working on all this stuff. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com. Uh, call us on the voicemail line, 1-800-516-1540. Um, spread the word, tell a friend they're way behind and need to read all of the books immediately and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we won't change your call sign from truffle pig and you'll forever be (laughs) actually some people might like that. If you don't give us five stars only, then we won't give you a piggyback ride, um, out of the, the falling Ionian Coliseum, wherever they were. (laughs) (laughs) No nut to butt for you. No nut to butt. Well, it's kind of, it is nut to butt. Well, except when Guy is on your back. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh! Oh!